Welcome back, everybody, to Project Life with Mike Watts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Woo, yeah. All right, today on the podcast, on this week on the podcast, we're going to basically do a book review, actually. I've been reading, uh, I go in cycles of all my books and reading, and this year I try, I'm, I, I don't know, I like read a lot and then I take a bunch of time off and then I go back to reading. But lately I've read, there's a book called, uh, by kind of in the CrossFit world, because I've been interested in that. It's Constructing the CrossFit Games by Dave Castro. I read Spiel by Chris Spieler, who was another, he's another CrossFitter that wrote his journey. I recently finished The Power of the Possible by Valerie Groth, um, Groth. I forget the correct pronunciation. Sorry, Valerie. The um, And it's about her time working in Chicago as a therapist, basically, um, in the west side and south side of Chicago and what in the east side of Chicago in schools uh, that don't get a lot of funding, that is majority um, people of color and kids and what it's like for them to grow up in these societies and what she's seen as well. We went to high school together and we grew up together in Valpo. And then also the Magnolia story by Chip and Joanna Gaines. So I have uh, appreciated all of those reads lately. And I've read other things. Those are the physical copies I have, but I read a bunch of stuff on uh, the Kindle as well, usually a book at night. And so this is the book that I'm going to talk about today has is what I just finished um, recently. And you can get the links to this in the show notes uh, on this podcast as well at MikeJWatts.com and also on iTunes and all your other platforms. There'll be links to the books, et cetera, that I mentioned here. I'm going to make myself a note to add those in because I haven't done that yet for the description. Hold on. Okay, just did that. So now we can go back to what we're talking about. Just to kind of update um, we just went through, so this was the first week that I've been back at work really. And as I'm recording this, it's the Friday and, and after the first week of kind of being back at work really last week was, I would say, and then this, we launched a new program called the ultimate online business playbook. There'll be a lot of learnings coming down the line about that, like renaming it, you know, there's just all sorts of things happening coming down the line, which could have been better, um, research that we've done. And doing things differently. What used to work for us no longer works for us, and which is good. So it's it's forcing us to learn and evolve and grow, which has been fantastic because it'll be more that comes down. We've learned a lot during this time, so I'll be sharing more about that into the future. But what's been cool is during this week, I also kind of had a good idea about my next direction and where I'm going, and there'll be more to come on that as well. So I don't want to spoil too much but it's been the idea that's really just hit me that i haven't had something like this in a while uh because it's still early in the process so as we move forward um probably next week i'll announce it because i'm working on it for over the weekend and towards this week uh my parent i'm going to pick my parents up in a little bit they're coming to hang out uh, kate and i were supposed to go to a posture class this weekend was supposed to start today and go on friday saturday sunday about improving posture basically and we canceled. We're just not going to do it. So there's a lesson in uh, for us has been the part in art of slowing down in our life because we operate in a world that moves very quickly in the world of information. It moves very fast, very quickly. And for that to take place for us, we just have to slow down. We have to restart over. We got to take things slower for us and do what we actually want to do. We've been able to operate really well in our in our life um, to move quickly and operate quickly and change directions fast. But once we had kids, this you're not really able to do that. And then now our business has grown to have employees, et cetera. 
um, you're not able to do that so much anymore because there's other people that are involved in this. When it's just a couple people, it's very easy to do. But as things grow and as you evolve, you have to be more con conscious of other folks that are there. So for instance, like Penelope and Ruby and right now with Ruby and then also for ourselves, like last week I shared about where the past five months have been a little bit challenging. And so for it's me to really focus a little bit more on healing myself and taking a slower process coming back to doing things, but then also doing ideas and work projects that really resonate with me and uh, making sure that I am fulfilling those buckets of needs for myself as once and then taking care of all the stuff that I have going on. So, and I don't know, hopefully you find that valuable. I don't know if you did. If not, one day I'll say something that might be beneficial. I don't know, maybe one day but maybe not today. Anyway, let's dive into kind of what I wanted to talk about today because this was a lot of learnings that I took for myself in this book. Uh, it's Tiger Woods, uh, and the book is literally just called Tiger Woods, I believe. It has this picture on the front of it. You can find it on Amazon. This will be linked up in the description of this podcast as well, so you can just click on it if you want. I read it on my Kindle. Uh, I did not get the physical copy this time. And I titled this episode, and this is the first like kind of blog Posts that I'm doing with linking on podcasts. So you'll be able to see some of this stuff in the future rolling out on mikejwatts.com forward slash podcast. And you'll be able to just go there and you'll be able to get a description of everything as well. So what I ended up doing was the first time I did this is I wrote out my notes in a blog format and then I'm just kind of repeating the notes into the podcast format. Uh, this is The Man Who Had Everything. Basically, there, I listed three points to take away. What this book is about, that's what I called it. That's not the title of the book. This is the title of the podcast, The Man Who Had Everything But Actually Had Nothing. And that's what I call after I was reading the book of Tiger Woods. Because the story in the book of his life is fascinating from a read standpoint. Because this guy was drilled down at a, like a very, his parents were very strict to say the least. Like, a, and this is a biography. I don't know what the autobiography is, but he, they compiled all this information research from tons of papers and books and articles and things that have been written about him in the past. And they put all this together. They spent two years researching all this, the two authors, and then they kind of put all this together for people to read. And what I found um, a little mind blowing by it was how successful he was because he kind of in 1997 he had the huge masters thing so that was like 12 years ago i was 24 at that time so you know it was the college days you're or after college you know i was young in mid 20s you'd kind of watch what tiger was doing you got a little bit obsessed with his success and as we have i felt this a lot with michael jordan when i was younger um and we look at these athletes and what one thing that kate and i are noticing is how much we put athletes, and it's also happening to business people, on this pedestal, and we put them on much higher than reality, because we don't have royalty here, right? It's not like the king and queen of England. We don't have royalty here. We have celebrities, the celebrity thing, right? And so we put these, we elevate these people to be greater than we are, and at a level that is, and then they basically can get anything they want. They get free things, free hotels, free planes, right? there's this level of elevation that these people are put on. So Tiger, the book about Tiger Woods has talked about how he was swinging a golf club, like a literally a legit prodigy of the game of golf and what that was like growing up for him, what that was like for his dad and his mom. His mom and dad stayed married for a long time for the success of their son. They were no longer in love. His dad actually had was sleeping with a lot of other women and towards the end of his life had massive drug and alcohol problems and was really running 
a really, it's like, it's kind of sad, honestly, um, when I think about it, because I started reading the book and I was just like, Tiger is a jerk, you know, in the, in the beginning of the book and reading through it. I'm like, this guy is a total ass. Right. And at the end of the book, I actually felt a little sorry for him. You know, it's like the dude that can so successful, which is why I titled this the man who had everything, but actually had nothing um, is, you know, recovering and bottomed out to a place of, and he's by himself. So I'll kind of walk through that journey a little bit, but I really recommend this book. And I just said the three main takeaways from this book that I put was like, who are you? When the focus is on winning, what do you really have? And then also the third one is the effort is everything. And these are what I came up with. It doesn't have anything to do, you know, this is what in the book, but like, who are you? I remember, you know, as I'm reading the book, he operated like a robot, you know, I guess you could say he, he was so successful having so much success. He only strived to get more trophies and it was trophy after trophy after trophy. He let just would leave people behind. He just quit college without telling any of his teammates, you know, that went pro from Stanford didn't. And this is all granted. This is all from a book on someone else's perspective. So we don't really know what happened, but there's a lot of stories out here. And the truth is people will talk about anything. So, um, you know, that's in the world. So most, most of this stuff is probably pretty true, but it's, he just left everybody in the dust and behind and, and he didn't value, I would say relationships so much in the professional world or personal world besides what his parents said. And it was, and he would do everything for his father. And when he got married to Ellen, I think that's how you say her name. I could be, it's E L I N and she's Norwegian. Um, I'm not his, her wife or his wife, basically that I had two kids with. And when they ended up getting married, um, he started sleeping with all these other women and it became not only a competition on the golf course to be the best player ever, but also when he was, there was a quote in there saying about when he started sleeping with all these other women is to sleep as many as possible because that's also a definition of winning success, right? It's like how many women can you sleep with in a period of time? So this was his, what he strived to do and what he went out to do. And that's what he able, he's conquered it, right? He slept with a ton. He ruined his relationship. He ruined his sponsorships. He was making a hundred million dollars a year. He was the first athlete to ever, uh, make a billion dollars in income. And, you know, he's making, having this tremendous success on and off the course. Uh, and then he basically threw it all away because he let his ego and let the best of him get himself of him. But what he said in the book is after he went to sex, sex addiction rehab, he came out and said, I'm learning who I actually am, you know, and it's been interesting where you think about like having a conscious now, and is that affected his game? Like to go to operate so much in your life, like into your thirties by being a robot. And then you hit a certain place where you bottom out and it goes for how strong his mental mindset is as well to bottom out multiple times and come back from this and have your whole world is like, I mean, I'm, I empathize with the guy because he had the whole world against him in one ways, right? You, everyone shaming him for what he did and wrong. And I'm not saying what he did was correct by any means because it wasn't right. And, but, or how he's treating people is wrong. But I remember there was, I had a, my ex-girlfriend that I dated back in North Carolina, her friend uh, worked at a restaurant that the J Michael Jordan used to come into and he would just leave. He was really mean to the people that worked there. She was a waitress and he just like wouldn't tip. 
he left very, he would have thousand dollar bills and leave like 20 bucks. You know, he just wouldn't, he wasn't very nice. He didn't tip well. He didn't take care of it. Everything he expected to come to him. He created this ego, this attitude of how it was to be Michael Jordan. And that's that he expected everybody to bow down and tiger started to adapt the same type of attitude. So it's learning about who you are and what made you tick and that he learned that he was only winning at golf to make his dad happy. Right. And so it was like, it's such a, such a crazy it's so it's like really comes down to who are we who what what are we doing this for right are we doing this for somebody else are we doing this for ourselves? and as i read this book it just really clarified um you know for me it's just like i am actually doing this for myself and of course other people are benefiting from it but like running a business and doing these type of activities are fun you know and what am i doing for myself is focusing yes i have responsibilities like children uh wife um, you know, not hundred, she's not hundred percent responsible I'm, for me. She has their own, she's her own adult, but I'm like my kids, a house employees, like I have responsibilities, but what am I doing for myself that makes me a uh, function at a level to make sure that I can take care of the rest of these folks. So when the focus is on winning, what do you really have? And that's when I was going and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm a person who loves comp- competing. I'm a person who loves competition. I love to, you know, beat the next person, uh, make more money than other businesses as affiliate promotions is, is beat those people as well. But it's like, this is all Tiger strove for. His whole life was dedicated to this and everybody around him never told him no or did these things that, um, you know, from this book, it was all about winning for him. And so what did he really have in the end? He had these trophies on the wall that he loved, but he had no personal connection. There was like no love there. You know, there was no emotional connection that took place. And and so I actually had an interesting discussion with somebody yesterday about this concept of these high performing people. So let's take Elon Musk or um, especially men in this case, you know, it's just in men, they're featured a lot more than say like Sarah Blankley who founded Spanx or Oprah, et cetera. And they put in these categories of these high performers. This is just the way they are. Like Michael Jordan, the way he is Tiger Woods is the way he is because Tiger hasn't reached back to the pinnacle of his so-called, you know, high success years in golf since basically like he still continued to win a little bit, but not at the, at the pace that he was, he probably never will. Um, and it's just, it's for me, it's like, I look at that and say, especially with Michael Jordan, the way he operated with the bulls versus the wizards and age plays a factor in this years of experience, injuries, training, and he, you know, it's, he started training like a Navy SEAL and it beat his body up and then being on planes and travel, like it all affects you, right? So the older you get, it's like Kate's recovery from this pregnancy with Ruby is different than it was with Penelope. She's also older, right? And so that plays a factor in all of this as well. And it was a different pregnancy. Like there's so many factors, right? So when you look at somebody that all they do is focus on winning, it's like what is left at the end of the day? And the truth is you can't, you're not going to win your whole life. Right. You just can't be Tiger's not going to win every golf course for the rest of his life. And he might not be interested in golf really anymore. So it's making sure that if all we do is focus on winning, then we don't really have anything else. If I strive to just buy the next biggest house or the next biggest car or to get everything like my neighbor has or to, to increase whatever my net worth it's there's nothing at the bottom of the barrel like there's nothing else that's actually filling us up these are lessons that i've learned a lot in the last four or five years um for myself has been about what is the purpose of what i'm doing this for because for me it was the cover of the magazines the big cars the big 
the big house to focus on the materialistic items of that increase my ego, right? It all comes back to my ego and makes me feel good. But at the end of the day, that's a, that's a quick hit. You know, it's like doing cocaine. You get basically, I don't know if you've ever done cocaine, but I have. And so it gets you that quick high really fast. But then the last, you know, for the first 20, 30, 40 minutes, you might be rocking and rolling for a first hour, but those last three to four hours, it's called the come down and it sucks. You know, you come off that and it's just like, you feel like crap. You got this nasty drip that happens in the back of your throat. It's horrible, right? And so we get addicted to that high. And this is what happens with addicts. It happens with what we get. I mean, there's so many, I'm not an expert at addicts, but it's like you get addicted to that, that first hit, you get addicted to that high. And that's what continually we try to go for. We get addicted to that first win. But then over time, if we don't start balancing that out with winning and appreciating and what is the purpose we're doing this for, um, like, what is it? It's really interesting to, to actually winning is not everything. And I believe that's, what's created these superstar celebrities. Like we don't hear a lot of the celebrity who has a great family at home. You know, it's not put out on the market. That is a great marriage or a great kids, or they're doing a lot of this other work. It's you, you're getting a little bit of that with LeBron James, et cetera, right now. But a lot of that too, it's through Nike. It's through the lens of business. So I'm not saying LeBron James, what he's doing is bad by any means. It's not, it's fantastic. Like Colin Kaepernick just came out with the face of Nike, but it also comes out through a business. So it would be great to have more businesses that excel at that level that are really just great businesses. You know, instead of Nike's paying sweatshop workers overseas this, but in the United States, they're advocating for Colin Kaepernick and people of color and police abuse, police brutality, stand behind his message, which is the online sales also increase, which is awesome. You know, holy smokes. And I'm grateful that a company like that will put their their numbers and their bottom and put that stuff up there. But it's about the whole package now, right? It's like looking at, I'm in the online space. There's a lot of fancy looking websites, but people not making a lot of money. There's a lot of fakeness that exists. There's a lot of look at the, it looks so good on the front, but behind the scenes is horrible. There's a lot of people that speak one thing on a podcast or in public and are complete idiots or mean behind the scenes or controlling or whatever that may be. Right? So it's making sure that it's not everything that's there. So it's getting clear on who you, who I am, right? As Mike Watts. And that's, what's been the skin rash that I talked about last week is, is all about for me. And it's been for me to become a better person. So the effort is at number three, I wrote down is the effort is everything. Um, there's no shortage of effort when it came to Tiger Woods. I mean, the guy worked harder. He was on the course longer. He played more game, he played more matches. He traveled more. He's been practicing longer. He is a machine of consistency. He's a machine of, of is your mental strength. Because as I said, he was hammered in the news and across the world when the scandal came out, when what he was doing behind the scenes that nobody knew about, what he was operating, the mindset that you have to create and compartmentalize. Like I have hundreds of women in my database of phones and then I'm going to go on the golf course and just explode it, right? The compartmental, and then I have a family at home, you know, so it's just this compartmental, I can't even say the word now. Um, basically putting these different thoughts in the buckets, et cetera. Like it took tremendous effort to be able to do that. That basically broke him to a point of exhaustion. I mean, really, that's what probably ended up happening. I don't know how he's ever felt, but an interesting conversation for him um, with somebody who actually have a real conversation with Tiger, but he won't let anybody in. 
he puts such a wall up that he won't give people, you know, letting people in, which I understand. I don't have cameras following me around everywhere or what that life is like to be in the celebrity of paparazzi. But the consistency of that, his effort did lead to his success, will still continue to lead to his success down the line when he does win this. And I remember if I think back almost coming up in January, my 10th year anniversary for my last days at work at Philip Morris. And when I was laid off and I started my business January of 2009. And so we're coming up on that 10 year in 2019. And the and it's, it's I've always kept the drive for what I want um, is that there's no turn back, right? So it's the effort to continually evolve as the internet has changed, as our business has changed, as my life has changed from traveling around the country to moving different places to having kids. There's going to be hard times that come. There will be periods of time of bottoming out. There will be struggles that come along the game. But for me, it's about that concept of continually evolve and change in that effort. I have to continually put in that effort. Like I did the last five months once Ruby was born to take time off, but now I feel recharged. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling energized about the direction that we're going to take the team, to take our business, for us to rethink about what we're doing, to, for us to do things differently. Kate and I have been really good at a couple of things in our business, and we'll talk more about this on uh, our podcast and in our life, but for us to move to the next level. I remember I had a buddy, Bradley Will. Um, he, I think he had an interview on this podcast a long time ago, actually, or he did on one of the episodes previously, and we were talking about how he was establishing habits in his life that would establish, he read one time about establishing seven-figure habits before you have a seven-figure-a-year business or six-figure or whatever you would like to build in your life or maybe it's make like $30,000 a year, $40,000 a year, $20,000 is you start establishing these habits before you're even making this income. For me, it's been about establishing these habits to continually have a seven-figure business and then also look at like a 10 figure business to up level. Maybe that'll happen one day, maybe it won't. But it's for us to continue, for me, has been to continually build stronger habits. So when it comes to food, what I'm eating, what I'm doing with my mind, meditation, focusing on things greater than myself as we're doing this really is hammering in my why. And so it's been that consistent effort to continually grow. And it's like one thing that I'm seeing now is a lot of like retirement and what's happening with artificial intelligence. And I'm reading all these things about this stuff. And I don't feel that I'll ever like when I quit doing things is when I'm dead to me, I'm not going to be um, like stop working. I don't feel that it's necessary. It's these small breaks. Tim Ferriss talks about this. He calls them mini vacations, I think, or something in the four hour work week. It's about taking these mini vacations that allow me to recharge and focus more on kind of what charges me up and how can I do this through, um, my life, you know, and how can I continually put in this consistent effort? Because it's not a, this is like, life isn't really about working for 40 years and retiring. And it has been for a generation, you know, it's in the generation before the baby boomers, let's say, was you had the depression, you had wars, right? And you had all of these things going on that was wars and depression. And then we had this tremendous financial abundance. And my generation, it's something different. It's about lifestyle. It's about balancing. It's having more of a life that is not necessarily revolved all around work. It's and the generations to come, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's probably more equality that people get along. 
and there's going to be more women in the workforce. There's going to be more people of color in the workforce. There's going to be more white people that realize the way things have been is, is incorrect. Um, you know, and it really defines, we'll see what history plays out for this time of our life, but it's that consistent effort that has allowed that I continually focus on, on that growth. And when I look at the Tiger Woods book and Steven starting when he was two to the time he was now, I for he's like 38 or something, 39, maybe older than that, maybe 40. I don't know. Anyway, however old he is at this present day, um, it has been that consistent effort for him to evolve. And that's what he's been doing. Like his last relationship with Lindsey Vaughn was different than uh, the relationship with his wife, you know, and having the relationship with his kids, I'm sure is evolving over time and having a relationship with his ex-wife. Um, that's evolving and having his next relationship will probably continually evolve and the relationship that he had with his parents and what that looks like as well as probably people in his life. I'm sure hopefully it's evolving and it will continually evolve because the last thing you want is somebody that's has all this success and you get to the point where you decide to retire and then you realize you're in this massive home and you're all by yourself and there's nobody else there. You know, it makes me sad a little bit to think about that as I just watched this, um, there's this real estate guy that I saw the other day on YouTube and he was, he was going through this house that was over 9,000 square feet. It had to be like 30,000 square feet. It was the biggest home in Broward County, Florida, I think in Fort Lauderdale area. And I'm just like, can you think about owning a 30,000 square foot house? And then let's say your wife passes away or your kids are out doing their own thing and it's just you at home. And it's like, that's it. You're just there. Nobody else is there. I mean, sometimes I'm in my office by myself right now. That's a hundred square feet. I'm like, oh, it's kind of lonely. It'd be great to go outside and see people. But I couldn't imagine like being at a 30,000, 9,000, whatever, a 2,000 square foot space. And, um, and I know that's a lot of people's reality. Clearly, especially men, you know, in this place where mass suicide and um, or mass killings and suicide and it's all predominantly white men, right? like 98% of it. So I know there's a lot of lonely factor that's happened there. So we need to do, I'm going to do something to change that, you know, I, and going back to all of Tiger's story, like he's a black man in America and in the world of golf, which if you think of Augusta and the masters, they didn't allow people that weren't white to play golf there until 1990. Like talk about racism, you know, at its highest point. It's like, holy smokes. Like that's insane. It's insane. You know, so the rules got changed and um, it's like for Augusta, the masters like this. And then it's a predominantly white sport, you know, for and then you have a black man tiger that's out there and kind of doing what he was doing. You know, so it's like, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that was like for his father, his mother, you know, and I can't put myself in those shoes. I'll never be able to. And it's not my responsibility. Right. My responsibility is to learn and it's to open my ears and listen to stories like this and what their experience were. And they talk a lot about that in the book as well and what that was like for him to play on a on a Navy golf course for Tiger and what him what that experience for him was like as well. So I just recommend it's it's good to read stories that are like I took a I find these kind of stories as a break because I'm reading a lot of um 
for me, it's about reading a lot of like business books or different types of things. This is, I look at this a little bit for me like fiction. I actually wanna start reading more fiction books, but just learning about people. And it's a nice break from reading something that's like all business or I started reading some books about racism and being white and the United States of America or whiteness, et cetera, and, and really recognizing what's been going on, the systematic oppression. That's a lot of heavy content. Right. And it's really hard to read. For me, it's been challenging to read like a book after book about that. It's nice to put read a book, take a book off, read another book and just keep educating myself until I can get to the point that's like because it brings up a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. So for me, it's this good balance that's there. So and that that's what I realized will allow me to keep like I talked about dirty money or this book about politics and money. And I was reading like four or five of these super dark books about the the these these systems like the Koch brothers that are systematically creating billions of dollars into a network to drive campaigns and influence elections etc and i'm like this is depressing like where else can we go here like there's no how are we going to solve this you know because it's such and it's been going on for 40 years so for me i'm like this is super depressing i didn't want to read any book and then i moved over to like a tiger woods book and it and made it it's you know it's still a good topic but it's a little bit lighter of material so for me that's at this point helpful anyway uh that's what we got so it's called tiger woods and i called the tiger of this uh it is the man who had everything but actually had nothing so i'll just say for me is very hits home where to make sure that that's not how i end up uh Thanks guys for listening so much. I have opened the doors again for consulting for Project Light or for MJ Watts. I'm changing the structure around of stuff that I've done previously, uh, but you can go to MikeJWatts.com. That's Mike, M-I-K-E-J Watts, W-A-T-T-S dot com to get information about that and just sign up if you want to have a one-on-one chat with me. And that can be, yeah, so we'll just talk about if it's right for you. But I really specialize in getting the systems in place to help you grow your business. That could be automated systems, but it's getting the structure to take your business that creates more ease around it honestly so it's if you've had your business for a year two years three years and you just needs a little bit of help i'm here to be able to do that so check if you need some assistance there and then also um what else i don't know see you next time cheers